Hello, welcome to Heavy Hole, a podcast about DMT direct metal talk. I am Tom. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck Buck. Hey, guys. <laughs> you want that again? <laughs> nah, keep that. It's great. <laughs> oh, about, it was a trick question. A buck yeah. buck. I do DMT, too. Direct metal talk all day. Yes. I don't, I don't beat around the bush when I talk about metal, all right? If that's what DMT meant, I'd be talking about it a lot more than Joe Rogan. Get out of here. What? What's up? What's up? Wake up. Wow. <laughs> what's going on? You know what? We got our coffees. We yeah. got the gang back together. Yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah, we've been Justin, back well, together. It's yeah. good. I'm, I'm glad it's sinking in. Tom's back. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. I went away, but it was... Uh, Less than a week, so you didn't notice. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Everyone takes breaks, but me. I'm, I'm, I'm always here <laughs> on the podcast. Do um, most talking, yes. But, but Justin, the listeners want to know, like you know, be, people are just glad that you're here. Yeah, they hear me say it's Allegedly. Big Will, KK, Uncle Buck, and then there's like a cliffhanger. Is Justin gonna pop yeah, in? Is it, you know? What's gonna happen? Is yeah. it time for recommendations yet? Well, here's I got one. So well, well, you guys well, ever well. go on uh, YouTube and you you ever watch like I've been on YouTube like yes. '90s uh, World Strongest Man competitions? Because mm. I'm getting back into it, and I'm in like the just the 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 peak Magnus for Magnuson, um, lifting, throwing, uh, grunting. Everybody's super friendly, and uh, this if you want, this is where I've been. So I've been in Iceland. And I've been hauling chunks of ice on my back. Wow. You've been time traveling to the 90s Mm -hmm. strongman competitions. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. So you can go on YouTube and you can see me hanging out right behind where the action is. Oh, like the guy with the the alleged cell phone and like the old pictures. I have my cell phone. The time traveler pictures and... Yep. Well, that's that's you. That's the end of my story. That's why you have. <laughs> that's, that, that's why you have a mustache from the movie Tombstone. Yes. Okay, yes. I get it. I get it. My my beard is from the movie Encino Man. I, I, did he have a beard in Encino Man when they when they unfroze him? Ah, uh, Brendan Fraser. Fraser always pretty baby faced. Yeah, he didn't have. Why would a frozen caveman? Did, all right, we're, we're gonna dissect yeah, Encino he, Man another time. You yeah. don't put duct tape over uh, Benjamin Franklin on a hundred dollar bill. Yeah. And you don't cover Brendan Fraser's face. No, the and, impeccable and, and speaking face. of Ben's, uh, Benny from the Mummy, that's where Brendan Fraser had his face of hair. Okay, r- r- regardless, Tom, how are you? I'm good. Okay. I just got back from a vacation. Okay, Whoa. I was in Rhode Island. Oh, okay, there's nice. a lot of a lot of roads there. I don't, I don't. You I, took a boat. It's, it's all right. I took I'm a sorry. boat. I did that, a, that joke. Uh, drove all the way out to Orient Point, the end of the island. True. Mm-hmm. Took the ferry. They had a lounge on the ferry, which okay. was like a cafeteria with a bar. So I'm picturing when you say the word lounge, I'm picturing you in like a Hugh Hefner robe. That was know, the next day of my vacation, like 1940s jazz. Yeah, playing. a little swing going on. But yeah, I was off roading because I was on Betty a ferry, mm-hmm. and it was a joke. I couldn't stop thinking to myself, "Oh, I'm off the road." Yeah, look at this four wheel drive. Doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, Gabby and I, we went out of town. We had a good time. Um, we went to Newport, a very okay. fancy area. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the the rich people's homes, the Cliff Walk, the Breakers, the Vanderbilts. Oh my goodness! Well, they, did, wow. they didn't name the cigarettes Newports for nothing. Very smooth. Yeah, <laughs> very smooth. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I bought some of this jerky for the boys here. I, the, I thought he was going to come out with a carton of Newport cigarettes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> actually, yeah, they did jerkies uh, a carton of those. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, but uh, this was just something fun. Thought I'd bring oh wow! The podcast. Oh, look at these sticks. Oh. I got some. I got some alligator. I love it. I like that. Try it out. You got some. Um, Venison teriyaki. Okay. Wow. A duck 
A whole duck. A, a, one a duck. duck. A, a, a kangaroo. There, I was gonna say, is there a kangaroo? Yeah, there well, is. In the variety pack. And there's That's an great. antelope. So That's I figure great. we can chew on these, you know, while we, uh, you know, close up the show later. Or I remember uh, a, a, a previous episode, I asked some of our Australian listeners if they would send me kangaroo. You know, email heavyholepodcast at gmail.com. Mm. I'll send you all of my personal information, all of my important numbers, and you can send me kangaroo. But Tom beat you to it. So I don't need you guys anymore. I did. And that's. I- that inspired me. Um, if any of our Australian listeners want to start uh, go go in on me with with this this, this business I got going on, uh, route a route, route a route. It's like plumbing. Um, no, it's like you you route kangaroo meat throughout the world. Oh, yeah, it's um, a little venture I got for whatever. If you're making a weird movie, it's you don't have to eat it. I don't know, like on the old pouch road. I yeah. like it. I like it because it's open ended. It's could just be, we ship it. Mm-hmm. We could we could brand your logo. It could be merch. We'll see. Route a route. Um, but another it. industrious project I got going on that I really I got an announcement. Will, how was your week? Yeah, uh, you guys don't ask, so I just kind of go into it. <laughs> um, the listeners care. I know that. Thank you, listeners. Uh, shout to them. Uh, I got a, a bit of a, a, a controversial, explosive. Um, I'm gonna. I, I can't say I'm gonna expose myself. Should we that, sit down? Yeah. You it's, guys. You guys audio, are sitting so. down. You should sit down on the floor from your chairs because oh. uh, I'm gonna. Uh, Uncle Buck's exposed right now. I am uh, back in the compact disc game. I'm back in the CD game. I'm 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 listening to CDs. I'm I'm looking through the thanks list and the booklet. I'm spinning them. Some of them got scratches, and I'm 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 just going skipping ahead as you do. So unlike you, yeah. I, I, it's crazy. I know, and, I, and I'm a total hypocrite. The listeners are deleting heavy whole podcast episodes from their from their uh, their wherever yeah, you store you files, your, your disc drive thing. I don't whatever you do. Um, I'm sorry. Um, it's going to be on TMZ tomorrow. It's going to be bigger than the election and the virus. I know. Stop apologizing. This is great news. Yeah, tell us. I need Go more. On. I have a closet in my. This isn't metaphorical. I really do have a closet. <laughs> I, I have. There's a like a closet in my house, and I'm redoing it. I'm taking everything out, old boxes and stuff. And I'm built. I went to Home Depot today. I got the little one by sixes, the one by three, little, little, little thin, love it, thin boards. Yeah. Uh, gonna cut. I may took the measurements. I'm gonna have shelving for compact discs, hundreds of them, hundreds of them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna alphabetize okay. them. Discs that have been in shoeboxes in my closet for years, as I've indulged this fantasy of vinyl and cassette. I'm, I'm, I'm rejoining. Not well, not modern. I'm I'm stepping into the late '90s. You're forgetting about your skippy little brother in the corner called CD. Yep, and you're bringing him out to play. I'm now. I'm stepping forward into the late '90s from the early '90s. Well, congratulations. Yes, yeah, so I'm this gonna, is huge. Yeah, I'm going to be sharing pictures of this project as it goes on, before and after, with my closet. I'm going to have all the CD. I might buy a CD. For the first time, because I don't buy CDs often. If this microphone wasn't so expensive, I would have spit the drink out all over it. <laughs> you might what now? Yeah, you never know. It's gonna get crazy in here. Um, but yeah, that's my thing now. And uh, <laughs> I took into account with the the carpentry uh, measurements, every the, everything I was doing with the blueprints. Um, uh, there's gonna be a foot and a half of space on the bottom for my stray cat. 
uh, that is no longer stray uh, Tommy, who I take care of. We're going to take care of him, too. Oh, He's going to have a bed underneath my seat. I'm going to take a picture of everything. It's going to be great. He'll be eating tuna fish. Um, uh, but you notice I didn't say he'll be eating the chicken-flavored uh, cat food. That would be disrespectful to tonight's guest as I spin around the Segway into mm-hmm. the mosh pit. In my imagination, you got five discs in the changer, man. The, yeah, let's go to the next. Yeah, one. next next disc on the imaginary changer. Now I'm now I'm in the imaginary mosh pit of Maryland Death Fest that didn't take place this year because of current events. And there's a chicken headed my way. What's going on? We got to get Chris Penrod, aka Chicken Suit Man, uh, also the uh, drummer of Yuck Mouth and uh, Red Brick on the phone to figure out all this stuff. He's going to analyze my dreams and tell me what they mean. Take us through a a little tale in time. Uh, and, and, you know, look, it's, it's um, all kidding aside, it's been a rough year. All the death fests got canceled. All the shows got canceled. All the tours got canceled. Um, and if this episode is hitting you right, it's election week, just to add to the fun of 2020. So we thought it would be good to bring you somebody that could maybe um, reminisce with us about some more lighthearted times, mm-hmm. uh, better years for metal fests. Um, and and, and uh, hopefully he can do that. Or we might just edit this part of it out. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, this sounds this sounds amazing. I'm just looking so forward for not only this interview, but also the future with shiny little discs to play. Happy Hole Podcast. This is Big Will, of course, as always, joined by Tom and Justin, my co-hosts. And tonight, our special guest on the phone is Chris Penrod, uh, who some of our listeners may have seen or may know as the Chicken Suit Man uh, at Maryland Death Fest and area shows up and down the East Coast. Did I get that right, Chris? Uh, yeah, for the most part. It was uh, mostly centralized like Maryland, D.C., and I now live in Philly, so... Okay. I've been, I've been to a lot of places with it, though. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to get into that, man. And I should also mention that, Chris, you are currently the drummer of the band Yuck Mouth, and I believe Red Brick has a new project, right? Yeah, that one doesn't really have anything released yet, and uh, we're getting ready to put out a... Uh, Yuck Mouth is getting ready to put out a split with a uh, New York fellow, uh, Brooke Pridemore, like uh, anti-folk, if that makes sense. They wanted to make... They, they put it... They wanted to make a album that's like... They wanted to make a metal album with no drums or guitar, hmm. and they <laughs> did it. So, yeah. <laughs> all, yeah. All right, all right. Well, I want to I want to talk about your your band too because because that that sounds interesting. Um, a l- lot of unconventional things going on, and I want to get before we get into all that. Let's get into the root of it. I understand you're originally from Philly, right? I'm actually originally I uh, born and raised in like the in uh, Annapolis, Maryland. Actually, so I grew up okay. in like going to baltimore and dc shows okay and are you from a family uh where heavy metal and hard rock music and maybe playing music was prevalent musicians in your family people listening to rock or was it more of a rebellious type of thing uh no it was never really rebellious there wasn't really many musicians in the family believe it or not (laughs) uh really here and there but uh 
I feel like music, I had maybe one other cousin, an older cousin, and uh, the music was the only thing I really kind of kind of took the front seat and told him, well, you know, he had a kid, so. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it away from you. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet music of crying. No no comment, no comment. And, uh, and he's, you know, he's still going to a couple shows here and there with me, but uh, he broke his ankle when we saw Cephalic Carnage once. And it was like after he found out that his kid was getting ready to be born. Oh. Before she was born, yeah. And uh, yeah, thankfully it just kind of worked out that uh, he, he wanted, yeah, he broke his ankle and everything. It was bad. <laughs> I, I, I'm <laughs> sorry. Much pit sense. I'm sorry to hear that, but Cephalic Carnage is in my top five bands to break ankles to. <laughs> yeah, that's... yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, all right, so you start going to underground shows. Uh, I assume you didn't go to your first underground metal show wearing the chicken suit, right? Like, like you had a period of time where you're just going to shows normally um, uh, in uh, um, civilian wear. Uh, all right, so check this out. There's uh, been two, there's been three shows that I've been to without the chicken suit, right? Okay. And there's like really early. Uh, first one I ever went to, I was in elementary school. I was uh, I was born in really late '91, so. I think it was maybe like second or third grade someone took me to go see lincoln park yeah <laughs> yeah not good lincoln park yeah, yeah, no. yeah i mean better than like i was 35 when someone took me to see lincoln Paper park <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. and then uh after that it was years and then uh in the summer of 2006 i was uh a freshman in high school and i was grounded as fuck and uh <laughs> i snuck out of my house to go to ozfest all right, now Ozfest, um, you know, it lends itself to punchlines, but there's sometimes there's some sweet openers we can look back on, man. What who was there? Was there anyone you remember from that year? I showed up really late, hmm. so I, I was mainly there to try and catch System of a Down. Okay, uh, okay, up, yeah, yeah, called a like Disturbed, I think Lacuna Coil played. I was like, oh, yeah. oh but, man, I caught Disturbed at Ozfest 2000. It, it, it was kind of lame. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, then. It's, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's it, actually, because then uh, the first time I ever wore the chicken suit, I, it, I remember the lineup and the date, actually. Uh, it was in, I think, August 23rd in 2007, and the lineup opening was Three Inches of Blood, um, Behemoth, then Hate Breed, and then uh, Lamb of God headlined. Wow, okay. So yeah. it was mostly like, it's, it, it really started with that when it came to live shows, and then it just kind of started working its way more underground. I'd say less than a couple years later, I actually went to my first Maryland Death Fest uh, mm -hmm. in 2008. Okay. And uh, at the time, I was, uh, I was like 15 or 16. Okay, I did. You know, I didn't realize you were so young when you started out, and uh, um, and and you were you were from uh, such a younger generation now. If you don't mind sharing, before we get into the chicken suit origin, what did you do to get super grounded when you snuck out and went to Ozfest? Allegedly. Oh, uh, I like I was going to summer. I was just like messing up in school. Okay. Great. Right. It happened. Yeah. Didn't care. <laughs> I did it too. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is how I became the illustrious death metal singer that I am. Um, oh yes, <laughs> but, it's a joke because there's no money in that. Um, but oh, yeah. getting back to <laughs> getting back to your story, the 
the chicken suit, the the hate breed uh, behemoth lamb of God show with three inches of blood. Uh, where's the inception of the chicken suit? Like, 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 where do you, where does the chicken suit come from? Where does the idea come from? Are, is there friends that are putting you up to it? Is it something you do to just surprise your friends? What's the deal? No, it actually. All right. So this has been asked multiple times. Uh, it all started as a uh, as a giant, like, just you know, kind of stoner idea on a. Uh, the eastern shore of Maryland, some some of my buddies who lived out there. And uh, originally, he was actually going to wear the chicken suit, and I was going to wear a gorilla suit. And then he switched it up last minute, so I got, I was in the chicken suit, and it just, it stuck out a lot more. It, uh, hmm. it just stuck. It yeah. stuck, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So After that, you know, war, and then... And it just, yeah, didn't stop. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too, is because, I mean, we all probably know somebody who could be put up to wearing a costume of some sort or dressing, you know, outlandishly to a, a concert, maybe every once in a while. But you've kept it consistent. Has it been the same suit the whole way through or have there been multiple suits? Absolutely not. Um, I am right now on my seventh suit. Hmm. Um, I had an eighth one this past Maryland Death Fest, but it was very like cheap onesie suit, and it did not make it past that Maryland Death Fest. So, my next suit is going to be my ninth, if that makes sense. <laughs> right, back to seventh because it stood yeah. the test of time. It's it's yeah, good to have a really- good suit like that. I mean, I, I actually I don't know if I've ever told any uh, you guys, uh, but as someone who has worn a suit before to show, it's it's exhausting. <laughs> Um, I, I I was once honored uh, as, as being Nugman at a Cannabis Corpse concert. That's right. Yeah, I was there. Oh, oh, oh were you at the were you at the Nugman at Maryland when they played a, or on a, that was uh, when actually Cephalic Carnage played Maryland Death Fest in two thousand nine. I remember no, the I, giant Nugman uh, crowd. Tom, but Tom is restricted to performing as Nugman um, under New York State ordinances. He's not allowed out of state yet. Yeah, but it's, it was it's at a, international. It was at a, yeah, it was uh, at a Brooklyn show. It breaks the the federal drug laws if he crosses. Yeah, state lines. Yeah, yeah, you can't cross state lines with that amount of weight oh, yeah. strapped to your. Gets costume. all this trouble following him. But <laughs> I gotta I gotta ask as someone who's who's done it once. I don't really look forward to doing it again because it's <laughs> it's so sweaty. Like, well, yeah, your, your commitment is astonishing. I don't know. I mean, I surprisingly enough managed to stay hydrated. And then uh, <laughs> for the longest time, I didn't even, I didn't, you know, drink or anything going to shows because, you know, I was underage for the longest time. And then, uh, believe it or not, I'm, uh, since I don't feel bad saying this, since, you know, they're closed down now and there's probably no chance of them ever coming back. But uh, do you remember the venue Sonar in Baltimore? Yes, I do. I, I had been going there since I was 15. And when I was 15, I looked like I was 18 or 19. So by the time I was 19, I didn't even see me long enough. They're like, oh, this dude's got to be 21. I, I stopped getting tarred, carded when I was like 19 there. But I mean. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. It's, that's, it's a story that we tell allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, wow, man. And so, so, so much there. So all these suits. I assume at some point you start doing research, like so you got to find a cooler suit um, or maybe one with pockets. Like, are there things you look for in a chicken suit over the years that now that you've become accustomed to wearing them right, out? So, 
Yeah, um, I look for one that has a hood more than a mask. I need to be able to see, you know, and uh, one yeah, I've lost the mask multiple times on ones that are like, you know, it's a the, the suit and the mask, you know, the mask has been lost multiple times. <laughs> multiple barbecues, couple Maryland death fests. Yeah, I, I wouldn't trust that. Gotta have that open face. No, they, oh, they, they get torn apart. Like if it has like the arm to leg, like red flaps you know like the belt like flaps that go from the arms and legs you know oh yeah yeah that they they're like the first thing to go <laughs> uh, okay so now we know the suit takes damage uh inside the pit and inside the show what's your level of commitment like do you ever uh wear the suit like from your home to the show like public transportation walking the streets or you know whatever it is there was a point yeah now uh it 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 really depends depends on what part of town the show is in if it's like kind of like local south philly like you know uh like a local south philly like bar show i mean not that that's happening anytime soon but (laughs) um but when when it's stuff like that it would uh not really if it's something i'm you know just walking to the venue type thing 50-50. (laughs) Have have you ever... Well, what I'm getting at is, have you ever gotten trouble from anybody, um, you know, like, general public, somebody, you know, there's always some asshole out there, somebody who's not from the death metal show, who's this guy in the chicken suit, let's give him a hard time, that sort of thing. Uh, I've actually gotten more of that at concerts than uh, out on the streets. I've Mm -hmm. never had that happen. I've actually only had that happen at shows. Man, anything you'd like to share? Anything extreme? And Any stories? Oh, man. Uh, how much time you got? <laughs> as long as you, yeah, yeah dude, we're I hanging, mean, if, man. You know, if you'd rather not, but if you got anything that happened, uh, oh no, nothing, nothing wild. I mean, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, when I was, uh, I think I was like seventeen. Like me and a, unrelatedly, a bunch of people that I was like in high school with, you know, at the time. They, all, we all decided to go to this bar show at Sonar, right? Okay. And uh, we're all waiting in line to get in, you know, and I'm just like, you know, kind of just bullshitting with the people in line that are near us. And it's like, it's like two older dudes that are behind us. And they're like, you know, they definitely got their buzz on. They thought that I was like trying to fight them and shit. And I'm just like, dude, I'm just here for the show. Like, <laughs> what? And then it just, so I didn't see him for a while. And then uh, one of them rocked me right in the back of the head in the middle of the guar pit. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, and like the thing is, like three or four of my friends saw it, so they went and cornered the dude, and they're like, "Get out!" Oh, but I, no, 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 just leave. <laughs> so yeah, 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 it's it's wild. Uh, uh, that uh, fucking uh, I got my uh, I got one of my uh, front teeth knocked out at that actually that same show. My cousin broke his ankle. Wow. Um, the band that opened before Cephalic Carnage was this band called I Declare War. <laughs> okay. And, uh, yeah, dude, I, like, yeah, dude, I pretty much, like, at one point I got, like, tackled from behind, and I was, like, part way up from it. And then my head got slammed into a floor monitor, and I lost my tooth. Yeah, it's a, uh, a heavy mosh band, uh, I Declare War. Hmm. Back in 2007, uh, yeah. 2007, you were saying, too, right? That's... No, that was 2007. Oh, no, that was 2012. Oh, 2012, okay. The remnants yeah, of uh, gold foil print shirts, yeah, still, <laughs> like, prevalent. 
but they, it was weird because they played with they played with uh, Cephalic Carnage was the band after them and then uh, Job for a Cowboy and say what you want about them they're very Sun Eater is it, Sun Eater slaps <laughs> yeah no we, we you know that's yeah. something I've said a few times on the show I've yeah. yeah, yeah, the catalog. The the, oh yeah, I mean, well, they, that's probably where they met because it's it, yeah, exactly. That's it's the basis from Cephalic Carnage. So yeah, that dude rips, man. Uh, Nick, I oh, will yeah, never be able to say his last name, but uh, it's fine. Yeah. He can play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah undoubtedly. <laughs> yeah, no, man. yeah, he, he can he can shred, but uh, yeah, there's there's that. Uh, but I, I don't know, one of the kind of main draws that kind of kept me always wearing the chicken suit is because uh, bringing up the whole like aspect of the mosh pit because that's pretty much where I live at the show. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it, it, I, I wind up going in and then it's just like, I, I don't know, people have this, I feel like there's a mindset like, oh, this dude's running around in a chicken suit in the mosh pit. It can't be that bad. And then just next thing you know, way more people get in. Like... <laughs> I don't know. So you're kind of like flavor flaving the mosh pit yeah, itself. It's, it's like compl- not you're hyping the mosh exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. Well, like, that's, that's 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 what I want want to try and say. I don't want to get full of myself or anything, but <laughs> well, well, no, because it's it's um it's a phenomena that I've I've witnessed. Um, and as an artist, I can only imagine that you would want to play Maryland Death Fest or a regional show in your area and look down and say, there's Chicken Suit Man. You know what I mean? You, yeah, there he is. He's in the pit. Like you, yeah. you know, if if you play a show in your area and you're not there, you know, you, you kind of you, you fucked up. You know what I mean? I, I, it's like it's like Artificial Brain playing a show in Brooklyn and Juan Madrano's not there. Um, <laughs> you, you know, it's it's the same thing. I mean, it's just a, a kind of a, a Brooklyn um, uh, thing comparison, but. You know, on that note now, um, take us back to your first uh, earliest mosh pit memory. Like, like what what was it like and what keeps you coming back despite breaking a tooth? And, uh, you know, you know, I'm sure you've sustained other injuries and things like that. Oh, yeah. Mostly accidental. You know, I've got a, a couple like scars. Uh, I got one scar that's like right above my right eye. It's like me and this met, dude ac- accidentally like met heads in a mosh pit like both of us like just profusely bleeding from our face like oh shit <laughs> went to the went to the bar at Ramshead live to get some ice you know just like oh god damn it like yeah. and uh yeah like wound up bullshitting with him for a little bit <laughs> so so all right yeah so what, what was the first mosh pit you ever remember going in uh it was uh definitely must have been good. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was probably it was a really uh, it was definitely system of a down at Ozfest. Okay, and uh, that was I was fourteen at the time. That was pre chicken suit though. Yeah, and okay, yeah. so so once you start wearing the chicken suit, do you start noticing um, that you're harnessing some kind of energy that, like, when you start moshing, it excites the crowd a little bit, and you start getting the pits going more. Once, I think it once it got to the point that a lot of people started recognizing me and stuff, and just uh, yeah, it, like I, I don't know, it was it was definitely an overtime thing, but I have noticed it. Yeah, it's uh, I yeah, don't know. It, it's like a it's like a buildup, and it's and and you know what I'm getting to with that is that we you know we all know that kind of famously it was you know it was covered in articles. You proposed to your then girlfriend, 
Um, yeah. in, in 2018 at Maryland Death Fest during Pig Destroyer's set. I got that right, right? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So, so I mean, because, you know, you start from being like a teenager, kind of a kid, where you know, wearing the chicken suit, moshing. You know, we all see you through the years at Maryland Death Fest and regional shows. And then it finally becomes this thing where you're at one of the headlining sets um, and the artists are taking, uh, you know, back, back seat to you. Uh, and you're and, you know, you proposing to your uh, your then girlfriend at that point. Uh, it, it, it was kind of a story, you know, for, for us underground death metal people that were familiar with you, man. Um, like, can you take us through that? Like, did you reach out to Pig Destroyer weeks ahead of time? Was it more random or? Yeah, no, it was. It was, a, it was a couple months ahead of time. I reached out to Pig Destroyer and I was like, "Hey, I had a question about your set." And I reached out to. He was playing bass at the time, John Jarvis, and uh, and I was yeah, at first. I think he thought I was gonna be like, "Oh, can I like you know do some vocals or some you know something stupid like that?" And I was just like, "Hey, can I like rip the e-brake on y'all's set?" to propose to my girlfriend and they were like and John was like we, we practice tomorrow I'll ask the boys like <laughs> <laughs> and then like he immediately got back to me he was like yeah we're all game or no he actually was like oh yeah JR is the only one that's not on Facebook but as of right now it's like everyone says it's fine <laughs> we'll uh, we'll ask him at next practice and it was it was pretty quick they got back to me like yeah it's fine sweet man that, 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 that's awesome that's rad as hell man alright now so- they gave me the cue when I saw I met up like you know I just saw uh, you know Jr. and Scott like running around at uh, Death Fest that year and they're just like hey so in our set list we're gonna play um, he's like I think it was uh, almost positive it was ah oh, man I don't want I don't want to go on set list FM but it was uh, I remember the cue is just like all right so you're we're gonna it's gonna be right before the last song that we play basically. Or it's like, yeah, right before the last song we play, and it's like, if she says yes, then we're going to close with Permanent Funeral. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so it, thankfully, it worked out, because I think if she would have said no, then uh, Blake was just like, oh, yeah, if she would have said no, then I would have had the like the prices right. Like, you're wah, wrong. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely romantic. A pig telling a chicken when to get married. Love it. <laughs> Well, it, it, it's a it's it's a pig destroyer, actually. Well, I know I'm having um, fun. Yeah, it's a factory I, farming just party. Really. Nobody just, has fun but me. Okay, guys. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So, uh, controversial question. Um, inquiring minds want to know: Are you married? Not yet, actually. Uh, her brother got uh, engaged way before we did, and they actually uh, just this past weekend uh, got married. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it was supposed to be you know a big event. So that's the actual event itself is rescheduled till next year. Uh, But we were going to wait till after they did that. So all clear now. Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) Me, me, and her agreed that uh, we're definitely not going to have, I guess, a traditional wedding. I think uh, if anything, we're just going to throw a really just awesome show somewhere instead. Hell yeah, that that sounds appropriate and unfortunate. Yeah, I know a few people whose wedding plans and other family events got uh, thrown off with COVID this year and everything. It sucks, man. Yeah. Um, so, 
I mean, it's like, thankfully I hadn't started planning anything or like putting on a security deposit yet or anything like that. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, that's good, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's good, man. We're, we're glad that uh, you and your girl are sticking it out and you're, and you're planning it out, man. That's good. And it's good to know, um, as people who follow the story and, you know, but you know, the thing is we, we talked about the chicken suit, where it came from, how many chicken suits there are. Do you want one with pockets or without pockets? There's more to you, Chris, than just a chicken suit. Believe it or not, the with lately it's been the onesies with a hood lately, and uh, <laughs> it'd be really hard to get to my pockets because it's only the front opening. So lately, what I've done with the past, like I'm gonna say, uh, two or three, I you do, use a knife and just cut holes in the side so I can get to my pockets. It's so right. much easier. Yeah, that's it's why so I want to I want to get to those like life hacks as a chicken soup person. You know, in case this catches on, there might be more chicken soup people than actual metalheads at one point in time. You never know. Uh, shout out to uh, Polo Paguntalon who puts eggs in his cargo short pockets. They, uh, yeah, that's that's related in a way. I mean, I was thinking you could get like a, a fanny pack that's shaped like a, a carton of eggs. You know, you, you guys. One, one time uh, I was at. Uh, do you know Migration Fest? Did you ever hear of that? No. <laughs> it seems it seems ironic for a chicken to go to a migration. Uh, yeah, okay. It sounds familiar, <laughs> almost instinctual. Go on. <laughs> It's uh, basically like a slow heavy metal festival in uh, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. put on uh, by Gilead and uh, 20, 20 bucks spent, I believe. Shout out to them. Yeah, definitely. But uh, they, uh, I, I went there in 2018, and uh, Thou played a set. And, uh, the whole time I'm walking around, I'm just borderline uh, trashed a little day, you know. <laughs> and uh, I had made a joke with all the friends that were staying at the Airbnb with them, like, hey, I'm going to bring in a bag of baked beans to Thou. I'm like, what? Yeah, bag of baked beans. It's like so during Thou's set, like in the beginning of their set, I'm just eating baked beans out of a plastic bag with a fork and all everything in it. Really, so, really commit to something, you know. <laughs> so I don't mean to throw you, uh, put you on the spot here, but you said that the wearing of a chicken suit was a high idea, correct? Yeah, just a you know, kind of a stoner idea, you know. Right, baked beans, high idea. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good. Yeah. See, you're you're the only. If not, if not, high, if not high, maybe drunk. Definitely under the influence. <laughs> well, I, even, I, I just yeah. want to throw this out there. Like, you know, you're the only person who has high ideas that I've ever met that commits to them. That's good. And that's that's uh, a great like quality. The, actually, the person who started the whole thing is definitely one up to me plenty of times. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, well, t- tell, yeah, do yeah. tell. There's, is there a competitor or is there a, a master? No, no, just yeah, no, pretty much. I mean, uh, now the dude, the, the dude who started it, like he actually uh, recorded our last uh, split, and uh, we put out a 22 minute single. I know yeah. what that. Uh, I know what yeah, that yeah, sound yeah. is, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, what what, no, what, uh, de- what death metal logo is allegedly on that? Uh, 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 what, what uh, a tobacco grinder. Uh, yeah, the tobacco <laughs> grinder. None. It's a really cheap one. <laughs> All right, man. I have a Pyrexia tobacco grinder at home. Um, uh, I'm sorry, but go go on. Your friend who one ups you, who recorded your releases. Oh uh, no, not even really a one up me, but uh, he just he'll he'll take those extreme, just really half baked ideas and go with them. Some of them fail. A lot of them actually wind up working, though. Like, uh, the dude actually makes a living blowing glass now. Like, Okay. There you go. He did it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. not every stoner can cross over like that. 
Yeah, no, yeah, no. He def- he's definitely one of a kind. You mean <laughs> sucking plants to blowing glass? Yeah, it's oh. a hell of a transition. Uh, well, hey, I love it. You're making money, you know. Um, yeah, no, yeah, like supporting this. Like they'll go to a bunch of like burn events and stuff, you know. Like I guess they're like Burning Man associated events type stuff, or I don't know how that works, but. Hmm. I wanted to say that a possible unforeseen benefit to the the whole chicken suit uh, deal that you have going on is I know a lot of people out there uh, struggle with what black band t-shirt am I going to wear to this specific show at any at any time. Um, I, mean, I have to I have to I have to buy more shirts not only to support the bands I love but to to add to my arsenal of uh, you know. Uh, support conversation pieces um, flexing cred as I go out in you know in, into the live music uh, space out there you don't ever have to think about that you know it's no, just not- it's straight up feathers the whole time that's got to take a little bit of weight off you as you're going to these shows uh, not so much uh, especially with uh, before the quarantine hit I was definitely performing more shows than I was going to oh right um, okay, well, you know, smaller shows, but like, but then I'd have, then I would think, you know, I, and I, I wear the chicken suit while I play with uh, Yuck Mouth. Well, that's great. So, okay, so, yeah. so, so, as if moshing and staying through a whole show wearing, and you play drums, I play a whole set playing drums in the chicken suit. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, man. Well, what I was getting at before is. Um, you know, it's hard to even frame you as as the man behind the chicken suit when you play the chicken suit in, in your in your band. But you are, as we mentioned, the drummer of Yuck Mouth, um, who has since 2018 uh, had three releases. I understand you're gearing up for another one. You mentioned uh, 2019's Psychotic Engines Turn. If I got that right, that's the one that has one oh. song that's about 22 two minutes long, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, that, now I want to get into that uh, just so we get it right. You have a band camp for that band. Uh, that's Y U C K M O U F, Yuck Mouth from Philly. And I recommend. Yeah. It. I found it really interesting, man. I mean, just for the listeners, quickly. My take is that it's very kind of noisy, grindy sludge. But then you have this violin player and these kind of layered violin parts, man. Let's let's talk about Yuck Mouth yeah, and and yeah, yeah. Give me your take. I'll shut up. Uh. Well. Uh, with the first one, the the demo, the uh, assaulting a small amplifier, that one started with uh, just before this kind of a, uh, it was just going to be a you know kind of like psychedelic sludge doom band, like a little bit more of like I guess of a rage aspect in it, if that makes sense. And then uh, went from that in the demo. Then our guitarist was uh, it's like, I want to write a twenty minute song, and all of us were just like, that, all right. <laughs> <laughs> definitely down the right path and then uh then after that it was uh the split and then by the time we did that the 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 split with actually it's a split with a band that technically doesn't even exist how so is this computers no it's uh some buddies of ours that were uh touring in roadburn with their i mean they're basically hired guns and their friends band and uh they all kind of like we're fucking around with one of their buddies in like England somewhere and uh they recorded they were just you know they were just trashed and recorded it in like one night and it's 
there's a reason it's the second side of the split. <laughs> well, that you're talking about Benadryl spiders is the name of the group. Yes, yes, that's yeah. Yeah, I did listen to that release today, and um, yeah, that's 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 a kind of a crazy um, band, crazy project, the Benadryl spiders. But I was really interested in Yuckmouth because I didn't know what to expect when we first got you um, on the hook for the interview when I listened to your projects. But it's re- it's original. It's very interesting because this kind of like noisy kind of maybe crusty doom stuff but then it, it ends up sounding really epic when you layer those violins in um tell us about that band and, and how it came to be and the evolution of it i we all decided to meet up one day and uh just like i mean just yeah getting all i'm gonna be real with you we decided to get real fucked up and play music <laughs> and uh then we're like, wow, this sounds really good. Let's meet up again next week. And uh, then we met up again next week, and it sounded even better. We're like, oh, okay, I think I think we're on to something here. <laughs> well, okay, that's that, that's that's usually how. It was also the, yeah, and it was also the first time I had uh, I'd really ever played drums. Like I've I've messed around on a drum kit since 2009. This is the first time I ever really like owned. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, so it's your first real, yeah, I've real never band. Really- yeah, first pretty much band I've played drums for. I've done vocals in like bands in the past and stuff, but yeah. Okay, so um, now with Yuckmouth, you, you had the the, the twenty two minute song, uh, your most recent release, the split with Benadryl Spiders. It's got kind of like a more um, uh, plus punk feel on those D beat. Yeah, like conventional song structure. Again, though, I'm really interested in the violins and how they separate that uh, um, apart. How did you come to work with a violin player? Your violin. Oh, so she is hands down, if you can't tell, probably uh, the most professionally trained in the band. Like, yeah, we, and, we, can and, find, if we, we can probably find pictures of her playing at literally like age four, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, her name's Twee, Twee Win. Uh, her parents are from Vietnam, you know, all that, but, uh, and, uh, yeah, she, uh, She's very selective on when she can actually practice because she's actually doing paid gigs, like you know, uh, playing weddings or she plays in a Kansas tribute band and like wow, she okay, for gigs. She's the one. She works with us because like we <laughs> hate saying this, but we don't really we we'll pay her for gas and tolls if she has to come out to a show, you know. But like we don't really pay her like her gigs do. She she enjoys actually working with us for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have someone like super talented that that wants to <laughs> to hang out and do, yeah, do yeah, you know. Pocket. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. well, yeah, so it was one of those things it's like we were going to collab with her on the 20 minute track and then it just really stuck. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, again, not to short sell the rest of the band but it's the combination of the two elements of this um, very trained kind of virtuoso uh, violinist with this more noisy experimental sludge band. I mean, it strikes me almost as like it's it's like uh, if the Butthole Surfers incorporated classical elements or something. It's just two totally different worlds. And and I and it and it, and when you guys do the more um, uh, uh, slowed down, brutal, like death metal influenced type of part, and there's a violin in there. It's just got a really signature original voice. Have uh, are do you guys now? Obviously, COVID has knocked out 
um, you know, bands like Obituary and Cannibal Corpse from performing live, let alone underground bands like like your project and my bands and stuff. But um, how have you guys? You mentioned uh, you know paying tolls to get to shows and stuff like that. How far have you gotten out there? Have you have you ever done a weekend on the road, or is it just um, in your area that you've performed? We've done a weekend on the road. We've toured without her, actually. Uh, we we've done plenty of shows without her. You know. Okay. Uh, so it's that's kind of an unfortunate part sometimes, but uh, so now we're a little bit more well going in. We were going to be a little bit more selective on what shows we would play, you know, making sure that everyone can make it type thing. Uh, but uh, we realize that the sound is evolving with her, um, and so it, it, it definitely. I'm really anxious about the next release. Well, not anxious is a totally wrong word. Actually, I'm uh, very excited. <laughs> you can be both. That's yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. normal, I think. Both are appropriate. Yeah. It's definitely the, the next release is going to be all over the place. It's a uh, the split. The split is called a uh, true grind, but it's T R V E grind. <laughs> Isn't that a thing now? With I hate to say this, but with the younger people, like isn't that a meme thing? Like, what's true grind? You don't play true grind. No, that's false grind. Oh, I'm sorry, that's I got it. <laughs> but I knew yeah. something. That's all right, all right, grind. yeah. All right, it's you- funny because we're actually we're friends with a lot of those guys. Like you know the Philly, like you know New Jersey false grind thing. Like, yeah, ground. We had Mike Mayo on. Oh no! Oh my God! I fucking love Mike Mayo. <laughs> yeah, good dude. Yeah, we had him on a few episodes. Wake of, uh, and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, man. All right. So I, I rang a bell. The whole false grind. Okay, true grind. Okay. I think he's the one who actually tagged me. What's that? that whole, I think he's the one who actually originally tagged me in that post that you made. Oh yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. I was. Some sometimes, uh, you know, I just get like a like a Jedi vision of I want to book somebody for the show, man. So I'm glad we were able to hook it up. And uh, shout out to Mike Mayo for that. Um, uh, and uh, you know, there's a few other people kind of like on my list, but uh, all right. So you know, we talked about Yuckmouth. I thought it was uh, an interesting project. Do you want to plug? I know you you have a project you told me about. You've been working on. Oh yeah, it's a uh, that one's called a uh, Red Brick. Okay, just, just plain and simple Red Brick. Uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, kind of. <sighs> very loosely kind of like yuck mouth almost uh for that one i'm going to be doing uh drums and vocals uh just a three piece uh and i feel like we found the nice middle ground between uh very filthy like rotten sludge like you know uh meth drinker and ruth grush along of dystopia along those lines mm-hmm. and uh just uh certain parts like really just ignorant beat down hardcore <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Philly to me man yeah pretty much so like growing up I used to be very like anti-hardcore dancing and now you can find videos of me at recent death fest just being totally ignorant you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah but weird how things change <laughs> but yeah. now there's just back in line we're uh, we're cooking up a a, uh, it's like a concept, like maybe like twenty minute release about a, a stomach surgery that I had at twenty one that uh, I had to get like a third of my large intestine taken out. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah, what, what? Uh, have you ever heard of arthritis? Uh, yeah i i I went to school with a kid 
uh, who had that as well. I forgot the condition, but he had the same thing, man. That's crazy. That's a that's a lot of yeah, person like, to, to remove. Yeah, it's a a, a series of like whole like infections that it can develop along your large intestine, and one of them uh, burst. Me being 21, I was just like, oh, I'll just ride it out. And uh, yeah, at one point I just I went to the hospital and it was too much. But uh, anyway, good thing I went when I did, I guess. Wow, man. Uh, well, we're, yeah. we're, we're glad you made it, man. That's wild. Oh, uh, yeah. No. So, um, so, Chris, uh, you know, we, we talked about the music. We talked, obviously, about the chicken suit. Uh, can I ask you, would, are, you know, are you open to talking about, if not, we can always edit things out. Are you open to talking about um, what you do for a living outside of metal? Yeah, like what I do for like money and shit. <laughs> yeah, what do you what do you do for that chicken soup <laughs> <Yeah>. money? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, for the longest time, on and off, when I was living back in Maryland, and when I was living in Philly for a little bit, I was uh, cutting fish and learned how to cut fish in Maryland for like the last decade when I lived there. And like, then I moved to Philly, found like a fish warehouse, so I was cutting fish there for. <clears throat> I think like, like almost three years, maybe just over three years. And uh, then I was just it's like, okay, I didn't put myself 10K in the hole learning how to weld, you know, going to trade school to cut fish the rest of my fucking life. And then, uh, then I went and got a job doing steel work. And that's what I'm doing now. I was working for one company now. I'm with, uh, not with a, a you know, company that actually treats me well. <laughs> Oh, okay, man. That's see, that's interesting, and I feel like it just got real for anybody who wanted to um, uh, make fun of this interview or um, put you down, maybe for oh, the whole yeah. chicken suit thing. Because it sounds like you've invested a lot of uh, your your life into um, uh, a career, a trade. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I'm I'm AWS uh, certified welder. Got uh, my D one point one certification in a three G position, which is vertical. Oh, okay, man. I, that's too much math for me, but it sounds like you're yeah, doing better than me in your day job. It's, it's an area of metal that we don't talk about. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we, we are true. ignorant to that. We're we're not we're not arrogant. We know it's important, but uh, but I, uh, you I, should, mean, I only know five G. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. The company I'm at right now is uh, we're uh, we just do like ornamental steel, handrails, that stuff. So gotcha. Well, I, I'll tell you this: uh, when you said you were cutting fish at one point. Uh, Will and Justin's eyes they turned all anime on me because they these guys are always talking about fishing yeah this yeah. is um this is I, like uh, at this at I this point do you want to have another part of the interview where we just talk about seafood? Because I can go on for this for about two hours solid. Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's do uh, it. I, I, it's I, early. I, uh, yeah, this this is basically, um, at this point, like a half metal, half fishing podcast anyway a lot right. of the time. Yeah. We're, you know, we're, oh. we're, we're out of Long Island. Uh, we do a lot of surf yeah. casting and, char- you know, charter boat fishing and stuff. Obviously, the season is starting well, to wind down now. I grew up along the Chesapeake Bay in Maryland, so... Oh, wow, so so let's talk fishing. Are you from a fishing-oriented family? <laughs> uh, if you will, I don't, more crabbing, I guess. But uh, mm. no, that's the area. That's the area that I grew up in. Of course, Annapolis, yeah. Maryland. You know, yeah, the blue crabs, uh, rockfish, or striped bass, whatever you want to call it. I love to fish. call. It, I love to call it striped bass. Same. That's yeah, that's my yeah, that's my white whale right now. Huh. Mm-hmm. Searching for it. Yeah. Fall the the fall bass running now and it's picking up. What's and, the uh, What's the what's the regulation up there? 
What's the what's the minimum height? Oh, shit, minimum I, should get, I should get my sheet because it, it's changing every year. But I think right now we are, and and this and this is heavy alleged. You know, I have a lot of uh, working in restaurants and stuff. I only knew commercial. It was like I think uh, eighteen inch minimum. Yes, yeah, I think and, it's, it's yeah, long it's, this was years ago. So this it's was years ago. So it's eighteen inches uh, above the George Washington Bridge in the Hudson River up in, in New York, but down on the like south of that on the island, it's between. 28 and 41 I want to say so if you catch okay. a, if you catch a 42 inch bass you got to send it back it's too big that was the first fish I ever learned how to fillet mm. any tips uh don't be afraid don't be afraid to poke through the pin bones when you're good when you're around the rib cage and you gotta fucking make sure you gotta serve enough knife to glide down like glide with the bones and kind of pull at the same time. I don't know. It's really hard to describe. I could show you better than I could describe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's one of our shortcomings being a podcast. But yeah, it's true. But you know, yeah, I, yeah. if what you're saying is, if I if I get what you're saying, on like once you make that vertical cut on that horizontal when you're going towards the tail, you can hit a spot to where it just glides. Is that correct? Oh yeah. Once you're past once you're past the rib cage and you've already like. Yeah, once you're past the rib cage and over that like that vertebrae bone, you just yeah straight through. Oh, and uh, if you're ever filleting a fish and you want to skin it, don't scale it. If you know, if you don't scale it before you skin it, the the scales being on it help it uh, help the skin come off easier with a knife. All right, and and so how did you get? You said that you invested time and money into welding school, welding training. Uh, but then, and then you ended up uh, uh, filleting fish and cutting fish. No, I was actually I learned how to do that way before I even thought of welding. And okay. then I was I was working at this place that I was working at an Annapolis seafood market in Annapolis for like uh, I want to say on and off since I was yeah, like on and off for almost a decade. You know what I mean? Then I moved to Philly, and then I was working at a fish warehouse up here, and then. I was uh, I was actually I was really rarely cutting fish there. I was mostly uh, shucking oysters, hmm. oysters and clams. Like I got down to the point that like in a night I could shuck a hundred count in thirty minutes. Oh damn, man! Yeah. You ever get no, a nasty cut from that? Uh, I've gotten most of my cuts at the place in Annapolis. <laughs> I learned. I did a lot of my learning there. Gotcha. Yeah, you became <laughs> very rarely. I cut, yeah, very slick. rarely did I cut myself. Yeah, at a. And I had like the proper like the cloth gloves at the fish place here in Philly, so I was like, those gloves have saved my fingers more times than I can count. <laughs> what 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 is that business like? Like what I mean, just in generally speaking, like uh, working day to day with people, and and uh, is it is it a rough business? Is it a contentious business? Um, is is it is it? Would you describe it as fun? Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it a lot more in Philly because I didn't really deal <clears throat> with the customers, if you will. We would pack it, we would cut it, pack it, and then it would get shipped out. Okay. Uh, like, yeah, it, but uh, it, we were apparently one of the we're the number uh, they, they were the number four uh, biggest importer of crab meat in the U.S. And well, they would just you know get it and distribute it to all, like local grocery store chains and shit like that. Uh, you might have seen them. Uh, you might have seen the trucks. They go up to New York. Uh, Samuel and Son Seafood. 
uh, not off the top of my head, but um, uh, you know, I'm you looking know, out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna be looking Definitely. for. You're gonna see him. You're gonna see him everywhere now. But it's like a blue <laughs> yeah. banner on the side of it. Like, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I've worked for them for like three years, and like, oh, it, I'm surprised actually. The benefit there were really good. And their union and stuff. Uh, yeah, good shit. Well, yeah. that, that's something I wanted to ask you because being between those two trades. Uh, you know, obviously, with with the, the economy, COVID, everything's crazy this year. A lot of people lost jobs. There's a lot of young people still undecided, even before COVID. You know, as as happens when you're young, what to do? Uh, say we got a young listener. Um, maybe he wants to get into the, the that fish filleting business, that fish packing business. Maybe he wants to get into <laughs> welding. What would you tell them? Pros and cons, real quick, about those two industries. Uh, you you'd have to. Fish cutting ain't worth getting into unless you already have experience or you know what you're doing. If you want to learn how to weld, though, it's going to be shitty pay at first. But once you get certified through it, like if you get certified through a company, normally you can't leave with the certification that you got through the company. Oh, weird. Yeah, so you'll get certified to do what they need you to do on whatever job they're working on. It's, It's really weird how it's set up sometimes. So it's like... But if you get certified through three different jobs and you've had a bunch of welding jobs and stuff, and it's one of those things, it might be worth it to go take your AWS like welding test, which is American Welding Society. I, I you guess have one patient that follows you no matter where you go. Yeah, I guess they have a lot of people that take it or used to maybe take a job just to get certified and then leave the job for uh, greener pastures. Yes. Exactly. Yes, that was. Yep, you hit the nail right on the head. A lot of people do that here in New York with like um, non-for-profit agencies where you can transport disabled people uh, and school bus companies to get your CDL. And then once you get your commercial driver's license, um, people are out the door to, to try to you know get a better paying job. Absolutely. Yep. My uh, <laughs> my dad. Uh, I grew up. My my dad works for. Uh, you ever heard of United Van Lines? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my my dad worked for them in Maryland for like pretty much my whole childhood. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it happens, man. Wow. So, all right. So that that's 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 good advice, man. And um, uh, all right, we got the flaying tips, uh, the 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 fish. Now, you said the the other job, the one job you were you were packing them up and shipping them out, but you had one job where you had to deal with the general public. Were you like making specific cuts for people and that sort of thing? Yeah, that specific cuts. Uh, it was uh, that job was a shit show sometimes. Well, that's what I'm a, getting at. Yeah, yeah, that job was a shit show sometimes. It was a. Uh, it was customer service, retail, and food service all rolled into one clusterfuck of a burrito. You know what I'm saying? Hell uh, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. They had a raw food market, a small kitchen. It was a uh, carryout only. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, was there was there theft that you had to deal with? Was there um, angry customers? Oh, oh, all the time. The, the angry customers no doubt and uh where it's located in annapolis uh it was it's right across the street or it's right across the street from like from like section eight housing and then it's right down the road from like the richest neighborhoods in the city and okay. so so you man you really get the worst of both worlds it's so wild Wow. All right. So you so you get uh, yeah you get you get people from all different levels of society all angry about their fish fillets. Yeah, and they're just pissed off about their fish because <laughs> it's not cheap. You know, like fish ain't cheap. It's it's no. that's why we go fishing. We want to catch our own. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. 
It's expensive to catch your own, too. Well, yeah, that's true. (laughs) You got to know what you're doing. You waste a lot of money on bait sometimes. After working with seafood for so long, I know what to look for in the grocery store to assess if it's a good deal or not. You know what I'm saying? Like when it comes to like people will shit on farm raised fish a lot. And uh, most of them, uh, yeah, they're not really all that great. Like don't really ever buy like, you know, tilapia or any of that shit. But (laughs) isn't tilapia like a like basically a fake fish that they like compound? I was was just talking to this about a about fucking a dude that I work with. Right. Um, no, they're mass farmed. They're like extremely like genetically enhanced. Okay. Okay. But they do occur, they do occur in the wild. Really? Okay. All right. Yeah, so they, uh, they're actually they're, they're like from like Africa somewhere, um, and they live in like river deltas, like really narrow like creeks and streams. And what they eat in the wild is hippo poop. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're in that's, the jungle, yeah. man. Jungle rivers. Delicious. Doesn't that? Doesn't that? Uh, yeah, that, that, mm-hmm. that is. That's that's a big in the wild. So it's like tilapia will be in other fish farms usually, and they'll have them fi- swim around in whatever fish tanks because they'll eat the other fish poop. Mm. Okay, natural uh, cleaner. I get it. Okay. You mean and fish that, sticks? I love fish <laughs> sticks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so all right. On that note, now you said, you know, for our listeners, for us. We go to the supermarket. I usually try to go to a fish market at least to get my seafood. But we go to the supermarket. What are we looking for? Uh, if you're looking for salmon, farm raised is all right. But uh, I usually my my rule of thumb is uh, if it's farm raised in the northern hemisphere of the globe, hmm. it's good. Okay. Don't trust like Chilean. So farm raised salmon is no go. It's always like. Usually, color added through the feed or through dye. Like I've seen videos of, like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the lines like filleting a salmon, and the the meat looks gray, and then they'll take a like a handful of like this dye and slather it on right after they cut it, and just yeah. wipe it down to make it pink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wow. I've seen that as well. Okay, so I guess that, uh, that's probably maybe with like regulations, regional regulations. I think that has a lot to do with it. I'm it's, not a hundred percent sure, but I'm I'm almost positive. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's like how like you know you find Kool Aid in the wild, it's red, but when they make it in factories, it's clear. So they add the red food coloring so that you know you want. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes it appetizing to the consumer. It's surprising how how much that's not a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joking, of course, but you know, also telling the truth. So oh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so what were you saying? <laughs> uh, so what about um, uh, shellfish? Uh, I'm buying clams. I'm buying crabs uh, from from the from the supermarket. What what am I looking for? What am I not looking for? Uh, clams and crabs. I mean, at that point, like if it's like crab legs, you know, crab legs is the same. You're just looking for a sale at that point anything if you can see if you can find anything under like 13 14 dollars a pound when it comes to like snow crab lakes it's usually uh eh, never mind under 12 or 11 that's that's what i'd call a sale okay all right um and, and you know keep in mind also we're also like along the east coast here Our, i don't even know what it would be like for like landlocked people or you know whoever uh, you know people in other regions don't need it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah have you ever in your travels go ahead sorry I've never, I've never had, I've never had a good like, 
I've had a, a hamburger from a homemade like or like a small restaurant in Indiana one time, and I haven't been able to find anything as good on the East Coast. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. no, absolutely, yeah. The beef there, there's probably like corn fed from you know corn that they grow there in Indiana because there's nothing else there. <laughs> yeah, it all depends where you go, man. It's true, true, man. So. Yeah. All right, Chris. So, well, I appreciate the um, the seafood talk and the fishing talk. We don't always get that in that extreme on the on the podcast. Um, we always ask our, our guests uh, before we um, we wrap up and we give them the floor to plug anything else. Uh, can you please recommend for us and the listeners one older and one newer release by any artists you like? It doesn't have to be metal. An older album that I think people should check out is definitely. Uh buddy rich swinging new big band wow okay yeah, dude hell yeah yeah good shit yeah that's, that's definitely uh vocalist and yuck mouth actually got me that from our local record store sit and spin and uh yeah sit and spin records right <laughs> yeah nice i love that name yeah yeah i've, no, I've yeah. been there yeah yeah no really cool people run it amazing now but uh yeah he uh yeah my vocalist got me that record uh it's like, hey, I feel like as the drummer for our band, you need to have this. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, a new one that's actually, man, neither of them are metal. A new one, uh, my album of the year last year, believe it or not, was an EDM mix Ooh. release. Of, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Flume's mixtape, just called, I think it's called Hi, This Is Flume. Um, yeah, my girlfriend showed me that, man, and it's fantastic. That's a oh yeah, that's a great mix. Oh yeah, the, the have you seen? Did you see like the video that he put out with it too? No, I, I I haven't seen the video. I just got the you know link to it and gave it a he, gave it a spin. He, he released a I guess it's a music video, but for the whole thing. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I gotta oh, check dude, that out. It's fucking wild. <laughs> like, yeah, it's fucking wild. <laughs> okay, that, and that's like, Flume. Yeah, Flume, F-L-U-M-E. He's uh, he's, he's from Australia. He's a excellent producer. All um, right, man. That, you, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he's done. He's done stuff with like uh, Sophie. I don't know if you know who that is. Either. Big like Australian pop star. Oh, uh, not sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, I I I have a hard enough time keeping up with Australian grindcore. There's so many bands. Yeah. I don't know. New Zealand has that has some of that filthy shit too. Uh, yeah, we've been trying to cover it. Shout out to um, uh, Odious and Bowel, and a, a lot. There's a lot of great New Zealand talent. Obviously, Ulcerate. Everyone knows them. That's well, not the not not My favorite thing that's actually been a big inspiration for Red Brick lately is uh, is uh, uh, you ever heard of Meth Drinker? No, I haven't. I heard of Meth Leopard, <laughs> and I think are, are <laughs> Meth Leopard. Yeah, I think yeah, they're. Beth Leopard, you hear that and you're like, oh, they got to be fast as fuck, and they are, right? Yeah. Met, so you'd think, you'd think that with Meth Drinker, and it's it's not. It's <laughs> it's it's painfully slow. Like, it's all, it's almost like acid bath, uncomfortable levels. Like <laughs> that's what happens when you drink it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happens. It's it's pretty good. Apparently, not, they're not a band anymore. Apparently, so. <laughs> uh, I'll check it out. Yeah, no, but always got to hear the the meth related bands. Haven't done it like the movies about it. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, man. So, um, and Chris, uh, we we already plugged. We told people about Yuck Mouth. Uh, they can go to your band camp. You have three releases up, and um, uh, apparently, you just uh, finished up uh, a, a forthcoming release. If I got that right, 
Yeah, it's a split with uh, a good old friend, actually, in, uh, I believe, Brooklyn, New York. All right, yeah, uh, some some local flavor. And, um... Uh, That's Brook Pridemore, yeah. Brook Pridemore. Um, yeah. And, and uh, we'll be looking for that. As I said, for the listeners, definitely check out Yuck Mouth, something different. And um, Red Brick is a forthcoming project uh, that you haven't released anything with yet, right? Not yet. That's uh, that's all still in the works. We're, uh, we're probably going to drop. We're going to we're going to record two releases at the same time. We're probably going to wait about six months apart to drop them. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's pragmatic to do it that way. Um, yeah. Very practical. Uh, good good stuff. Like I said, it's just very angry. So actually, uh, our our bassist and Yuck Mouth have heard us. Excuse me. Heard us practicing one day, and uh, just like, oh, all right, there, primitive John. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, yeah. Shout shout to uh, we've we've had primitive man on too. Shout to Ethan. Um, Now we plugged your projects. Um, Obviously, we said you know it was really great to have you on. Thank you for your time because. Uh, you know, nobody went to Maryland Death Fest this year, and we hope that obviously we can get back into um, enjoying everything that we enjoy and, and musicians working and, and all that sort of thing in the future. But I'm glad that we were able to get you on and kind of just, uh, you know, give our listeners a little bit of your story and, and hear a little more to it. I didn't expect all that fish talk, which is great. Um, yeah, nice little surprise, I guess. <laughs> yeah, man, it's awesome. And, and uh, uh, so, so, Chris, just before we depart, Anything, any other uh, message, messages for our listeners, uh, friends of yours, or listeners of your band? Oh, man. I wish I had known that question was coming. I would have put a lot more thought into it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing in particular. Uh, I guess, uh, you think, yeah, give Mike Mayo a shout out, all the cats in uh, Ground, Bandit, Waking the Cadaver, Shotzi, uh, No Moss, all the false grind cats. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and get other local Philly bands that we've had the honor of playing with, good friends with, Witching definitely. Uh, yeah, Hot Flakes, Atomic Cretans. Oh, dude, there's this band up here called the Russells. They all—it's uh, all originals, but they all dress up like Kurt Russell from what? different. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> all right, with the eye patch. Once. I think one of them does. I think their drummer rocks the eye patch. <laughs> oh yeah, somebody's got to be Captain Ron, and somebody's got to be Escape I, from New York. Snake I'm pretty twist. sure it switches. Like it definitely switches throughout sets. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's very <laughs> awesome, man. All right, so uh, Chris Penrod, also known as the Chicken Soup Man, um, from uh, uh, East East Coast Philly and Maryland area death metal shows. Thank you very much for your time, brother. We're glad that we could. Uh, uh, have you on the show and um, we're glad that Mike Mayo could kind of hook us up too when I was looking for you man that, we appreciate it yeah definitely thanks for having me on it's a pleasure yeah brother awesome. and, and we'll uh, we'll be in touch with you um, as the episode goes up in the next week or two okay awesome thank you uh, yeah well, hopefully we'll, shows will be cool again and we'll see you around <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully I get to see you in the pit in real life man sooner than later man thanks a lot bud alright take it easy Take it easy, Chris. I'll be in touch, man. Thank you.
All right, man, that, that, that jerky's good. Isn't uh, it? Which yeah. one did you have? I, I had, um, uh, this is, um, maple duck stick beef added. Mm. The, the most, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says. I'm saving my kangaroo for, uh, for the holidays. God help us I've been waiting. Yep. I need God a t- help us need a taste of that root. Shout out to Buffalo Bob. Oh, He's not God. from New York, I don't think, but he could be. I just hope he's not related to Buffalo Bill, because that was a creepy movie. Mm. And um, who knows what kind of jerky. Silence of the Lambs. Listen, lambs, too many buffaloes ducks, buffaloes, none of them matter tonight, because we talked to the chicken suit man himself, Chris Penrod. Shout out to him. Yeah, who is no chicken. No, he was brave man. Yeah. Brave man to wear that costume mm-hmm. to the shows. Brave man to work with heated metal. And bond it together, mm-hmm. um, and also uh, heated metal heads and bond them together yeah. by way of wearing a ridiculous costume into uh, Moshpits. T- tempered blades to slice and dice seafood for uh, the entire East Coast. Oh, yeah, the the fishing thing was crazy, man. I, the 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 fact that we were able to meld um, our heavy metal themed podcast with fish content again. Mm-hmm. Once again, it, it always amazes yeah. me. It's ama- yeah, it truly is amazing, and uh, I'll be out there for uh, the fall run of bass in the next coming weeks. Um, I hope you'll be joining me, bud. I would like to, and hopefully, I'll have some new tunes to listen to while I'm doing it. Recommend me something, please. I love please. it. Please, Tom, is this me queued up right now? Yep, I love I'm, it. I'm all ears. Great. All right. All right, heavy hole metalheads, brother. <laughs> Recommend um, me something. It better so- not suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, four horns up right now. Okay, um, I'm bringing in Satis. Mm. Classic, uh, yeah, classic. Um, a band that I've like. Sorry, boys, just started listening to today. It's all um, good. As a 38 year old man from a certain generation, yeah, I'm not afraid to admit here. I already came clean about the the CD situation. Yeah, I am not as familiar with the music of Satis as I should be. Yeah. Thank you for this recommendation, Justin. Uh, it it fits perfectly in my wheelhouse of early '90s thrash-inspired death metal. Please go on. This is where I live now. You know, like I'm. I just painted uh, the valve cover for my XJ uh, with early '90s death metal uh, Chevrolet blue. So is. Uh- are you opening a porno store or selling a car? I don't know what you just said. Yes. So uh, I'm bringing in Sadist today. Uh, their 1992 record, A Vision of Misery. Beautiful album. Unfucking believable album. Un- unparalleled album. So before I talk about the album, let me just give you a little bit of like a little bit, little bit of backstory, right? Yeah, so, shoot. Uh, Go ahead, shoot. So this is their third full length. Uh, their first record, Illusions, in 1988. Like... Uh, definitely worth a listen. Uh, such unrefined uh, speed thrash, very much in in the vein of um, of like Rain and Blood and uh, stuff stuff going on at the time. Uh, but like they managed to do like something that was faster than Slayer with some of the 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 haunting brutality of like Venom and still kind of made it fun. Uh, there's a the there's a testament theme running through this band that that I that I love a lot with without them ever really being associated. I mean, it's a California band, so you know that Bay Area thrash kind of has to have an influence. So, 1988 illusions, like maybe there were two minute songs in that record. You know, I don't know, mm-hmm. but it, it happened fast and it was completely unrefined. You know, uh, by 
uh, I think it was 1990s, uh, they came in with uh, Swallowed in Black. Unbelievable how all of these guys improved in in their instrument, like uh, their their talent, their instrumental talent. Uh, started incorporating that, like you know, what we come to know is that that '90s death metal vibe. A um, little bit of odd times, like slightly better songwriting. Uh, through that record, they gained the attention of uh, Chuck Schuldner of, of Death, who took uh, Steve DiGiorgio, who was the bass player of this band. Uh, the bass player on Death's Human, right? In 1991, mm-hmm. I learned that in the in the documentary I watched. That's right. So whatever happened by hanging out with Death, Steve, a fantastic bass player, comes back to Sadis, and they record this record, A Vision of Mercy, in 1992. Huh. Uh. And this is the the most mature. Um, like undeniable the death influence of this record uh, piece of music that 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 Sadis had put out up until this point and I'm not too keen on the rest of their discography because I heard this and I had to stop and bring it to you guys Th- this is amazing man yeah I mean that kind of like that classic era of death uh, malevolent creation uh, you know you have disincarnate like that mm-hmm. Just those classic Florida. I could go on, you know, monstrosity. Like this is just right there with it, man. This is like a, a sleeper album for me. I, I'm kicking myself for not having um, flexed on you <laughs> and known about this earlier, man. This is no, this is really good, and it's kind of like I said, like that. Um, uh, uh, you know, the, the the early Death albums, Disincarnate. A lot of that. Mm-hmm. I love Florida Death, no monstrosity. All the bands I just said. And I'm always on the lookout for something that I missed, and this yeah. this is it, man. This and is great. It, I love it too because it's it's got that Florida sound, but it, there's a little California flavor to it. You yeah, know, not like to I, imply that these guys are Floridian before you tear me apart. No, no, I, I, I would never tear you apart because no, I'm I, talking about my these legs people, aren't strong enough. The trolls. To do this. No, we're not even big enough. We don't have <laughs> trolls yet. It's great. But yeah, no, obviously from California, but it just fits in with that Floridian death metal yeah. sound that was big back then. What I love about that, you know, there's, I mean, listen, there's undeniable like groove and technicality and uh, and uh, you know, the, the the essence of death metal that we love so much about about Flor- that, that Florida sound that you know you can't not compare this against it. But I want to bring in like that testament vibe, like that that eighties Bay Area thrash yeah. vibe, especially in the vocals. Um, like this, you know, something that that this vocalist will do, and I don't have his name on here right now because <laughs> bad at taking notes. But you know, he'll belt out, he'll do some, ah! you know, he'll get he'll get out there with it, and uh, and I, I look, I, I harken back to those early testament records, and I. I I would say that this is a, a, a huge influence on Sadis, as well as like as as Death, what they were doing with innovating, with odd times, with you know technicality, but but still keeping it, uh, you know, death metal at the same time, and uh, it, it it all proves to be this like incredibly unique mix, you know that that it sucks that it's, it's severely overlooked. Um, and we all we've all done it. We're all guilty. So, Sadis, a vision of misery, is actually a record of be- beautiful beautifulness. It's a yeah. Vision <laughs> is misery. The hearing, wow, really yeah, the, the sounds. Yeah, I mean, you need eyes to see on this one. This <clears throat> is this is a beautiful record. Um,
My recommendation for this evening. A band called ESP Mayhem. <laughs> this is wild. This scared me. Yeah, doing my uh, hunt through the heavy musics to find something to bring you, I I had to stop and bring yeah. this bookmark in. ESP Mayhem's Blood Sportwear coming out on Nerve Altar. Good January thirty first, twenty twenty. That's a great name. Love it. So I just want to say a few things. We made it, everyone. We made it. This record came out. So since 35 years ago, they were the future. And once again, ESP Mayhem is making them the future once more. In a future such as ours, I am glad to hear synths that have no intentions of selling me on an electric midsize SUV. These synths don't care about what kind of car I drive. This is madness. This is an Australian band that uses synths instead of guitars and basses. There's none of it. There's no blending. This is not Children of Bodom. This is the opposite. This is the, the, uh, this is the bottom. <laughs> Children of Bodom. Yes. <laughs> so they use drums instead of computers, like you would assume a synthesizer band would do. It's a real drummer and two guys playing synthesizers, not just programming them. These are real synths that gentlemen are playing through amps to make this crazy fucking sound we have. And instead of recording it in their bedroom, they record it with a fellow named Jason Fuller and have it mixed and mastered by none other than Colin Marston. Huh. What drew me to this is that it had this familiarity to to the breakcore stuff that we have talked about on the show. But this does not fall into that category whatsoever. And honestly, it doesn't fall into uh, anything I can really compare I don't know, Emissor Laker Palmer, do you think they ever did anything this heavy? <laughs> I, I was going to say it, it kind of seems, I don't because I don't want to say it sounds exactly like these bands or it's derivative, but I, like, if I had to like group them in in my little mental record store bin that I'm going to put them in, um, it satisfies something for me that the Locust did and that Melt Banana did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe even in a way like, that, like stretching it a little bit from there, like Genghis Tron, or like, like just talking, yeah. But yeah, like, like I, this, I, I think that's the same like kind of wheelhouse, yeah, like ex- would, explosive synthesizer, electronic, but still grindy. There will also yeah. be an unnamed, alleged clown-themed band, to where I think that this this it's riding the wave. Yes, I won't say the name, but like I said before. I don't think that this band is pitching anything other than what they're doing. Yeah, this is these are, this is just like a band of like, all right, let's do grindcore. Yeah, where we play the synths. This is an evolution of of Will. What you're saying, an evolution of that to make it like not gimmicky. You know what I mean? It's like it doesn't sound like it's uh, you know, not that not that those bands are like oh you know hokey gimmicky, but but this. Like this is meant to be accepted in the same. It's, it stands alone. Thing. It's yeah. not like I mean, yes, it is. It is fun. You know, they're doing fun things here. I mean, for God's sakes, their logo is the ESP off of ESPN, and the mayhem of uh, of the logo. I, is, I don't like that. Is the mayhem? I don't like it. Not a fan of that. I don't either. like the logo. I don't it's like the logo. I don't like what they did. I don't like what they did. I don't like what they did with the logo. Yeah, yeah you're lucky. Will you can't like see it. this logo on the podcast. The music's cool. 
the 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 the, the robo mech thing is cool and the, 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 I don't like the logo. Okay, let, let's go on. And also, I don't like the implication that Mel Banana and the Locust were gimmicky. But let's go. Well, the, the Locust was gimmicky, yeah, well, but yeah. more in their visual appearance. Mel Banana not gimmicky at all. No, whenever I, I say I don't like the logo. I, whenever agree, I say uh, gimmicky, all around. I agree with that. Yeah, whenever I say gimmicky, it's gimmicky like the Undertaker. That's the best thing in the world. So. Yeah, that's Mel Banana wasn't. They were just like Mel Banana was not gimmicky. like a, yeah, like yeah. a kind of like no that's, interesting group. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, e- either way, I uh, the logo thing. I didn't. didn't <laughs> <laughs> the logo thing. I don't care to even weigh in on, especially in Change the times I, in the times we live in now. I just don't who care. In the times we live in, who could be bothered to come up with their own logo? Yeah. Just find two existing logos. If you email heavyholdpodcast.com, attention, Justin. Yeah, uh, if you want to get you a better logo. Okay, fair but, enough. But seriously, though, with the logo, I do see that they're associated with power violence. Uh, when I read the description, and I was like, okay, it makes sense. Because there's also, what's the band? There, there's a power violence band named ACDC. Uh, DZ? There's a power yeah. violence band named ACDC, but they like... Use slightly different characters. With it's it's, so it's AC like, XDC. I don't like it. I don't like it. You shook me all day I'm too long. Old. I don't yes. like it. But anyway, I never. I didn't like that they did that. I don't. You know. Good luck to them. They're doing mm-hmm. great without my support anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like it. But again, it's power violence, and part of be part of power violence is is saying, "Will you're old? Fuck you." Yeah, we're ironic mm-hmm. and we're funny and we're kids. You should feel singled out. These motherfuckers probably listen to SoundCloud These, rappers. They don't care what I so, think. So how I found this band? Yeah, go ahead. Is that Lil Zan recommended it? <laughs> I, all right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, Lil Zan recommended. I'm it. sorry, Tom. I'll, I'm gonna shut up. I'm sorry. So rude. So rude. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> no, I was uh, I was on Metalum. And I was clicking around, and I was looking at the band The Kill, because I wanted to see if they had anything going on for them, because they're one of my favorite grindcore bands. Yeah. Good logo. We we compare things to The Kill a lot. I do. Sorry, I'm I'm narrow-minded. So I clicked around, and the the fellow who did vocals on the album Kill Them, dot, 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 or Ellipses All. Oh, yeah, yeah. He plays synth in this band. So, I'm looking around. This guy is not an amateur. Uh, This is not bedroom production. This is, these are people who had an idea, putting it together. Whether they have fun, I won't judge. What I will say is that they sold me madness. They didn't sell me a Kia Soul with their synthesizers and their LFOs. Yeah, I like this a lot. If I saw this band with Horse the Band, allegedly might not have clothes on. Yes. All, all all kidding aside, I really do enjoy the music here. It's really interesting. It's different. Like I said, it hits in that kind of like weird synthy grind pocket of other bands that have experimented that way, but it doesn't sound like somebody. Um, I am uh, an elitist, aging, bitter metalhead, so I hate mm. their logo. Yeah. But I'm not going to hold it against them because I understand that younger power violence people need to um, uh, be, like, ironically rebellious in that sort yeah, of but way. That, but as a younger, budding, yeah. more accepting metalhead. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, who is a professional graphic designer, I also hate their logo uh, because okay. it's lazy. Okay, we can agree on something. I'll interject on their logo. <laughs> Don't care. Like the music. <laughs> That's where I'm coming from. You should check it out if you're listening is it, to this is it memes? Is also, it memes? I, I don't mean to uh, belittle your opinions okay. on this, to be <laughs> fair. Because I, I just don't care. I, just, <laughs> I mean to belittle everyone's opinion. Well, listen to it. ESP Mayhem. Check it out. From Australia. Cyber Synth Grind or whatever. Yeah. Enjoy it. Uh, ESP Mayhem. 
It's a horse band. Horse the band. Since you guys both recommended total stink bombs today, <laughs> no, both of those recommendations were top notch. Okay, um, I, I'm just gonna try to match you guys uh, with a humble little recommendation from the country of Poland, uh, from which my ancestors descended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the band called, if I say this right, Seraphic Entombment. Um, there, this is their two-song release that you can buy as a compact disc or uh, digitally on Bandcamp via Morbid Chapel Records. Um, And this is an interesting band. I'm interested to to check out the rest of the stuff on this label. I didn't have time today after I listened to this. Just a two-song release. Um, And it starts off... We we used the phrase uncomfortably slow before in the interview. And this is... This this starts off so slow that I'm glad I got through it. Because David Gilmour said it best, man. I have become. It starts off uncomfortably slow, but once you really get into it, it captures this raw, uh, kind of primitive essence of of metal of death, of the old school mm. death metal, of the primal death metal, the OSDM, whatever you want to call it. But it plays with it, plays with it rhythmically in a way that's really interesting and unique. You got to give the drummer props in this band because um, he's not all about constant double bass and grinding. There's there's like a real element of groove here that he lays down over these more stoic, uh, ironclad, brutal death metal riffs, uh, more old school, simple riffs. It's not a technical band, but the way the drummer plays. Uh, with the riffs is really interesting and sets it apart from if he had just chosen to do more of a traditional blast beat, skank beat throughout the whole thing. And that's what I think is most interesting about this band. The vocals and the guitars are great. Um, Not necessarily reinventing metal, but doing kind of a very doomy, oppressive, um, uh, dirgy, dungeon atmosphere death metal. And again, the drummer... Uh, it takes you by surprise. It almost hits you, you know, off kilter a little bit when he starts doing some of these beats because they're more, I don't know, maybe something you'd associate with jazz or funk or hip hop more sometimes even. Um, just a really talented, groove oriented drummer coming at you with some unsus- uh, like uh, rhythms that would be um, unsuspected uh, when you first hear like the slow, doomy intro to this two song release. So I, I just had to. Um, put this out there because the the slow sludgy doom is a thing the metal of death is a thing and this just kind of hits different man you know and you got to give the drummer some uh, i say this with no sarcasm or anything like that but as a guitar player first thing i'm listening to as a band is drummer yeah and me too I if the drummer that. is unique it doesn't matter what's going on like that makes a band for me I want to say, like, the riff doesn't really change. The root notes of the riff, the the riff itself might not even change, but it brings you... It's true. I'm sorry. They're a good band. The dog <laughs> wanted me to talk about something else. 
<laughs> um, a dynamic change within within the the structure of the song without changing the guitar riff, but by changing the the beat, and they do that fairly consistently throughout these two songs. Is the drummer actually takes lead of the narrative of the songwriting, which you don't see all the time. This vocalist is like um, he kind of reminds me of the dude from Portal. Well, th- yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I mean. If you want dirgy, doomy death metal. The guitarist and the and the vocalist are there. They're doing it. They're accomplishing it. And the drummer, I just feel like uh, he makes some unusual choices, and he has a very natural flow. He's not not trying to sound like any particular contemporary death metal drummer, and that just gives it a different flavor altogether. Yeah, you know, I want to say something about the production, where this is the most like like solid production that sounds the most far away. I've ever heard before. Yeah, this sounds like you are listening to a band that is like you're not allowed to be close because they're playing in in a spot that's not for you. You know what I mean? Like a pit in the middle of hell. Yeah, it's like back, back in the in the like in the back of the cave. Okay, so that was the two-song release Quelled by Seraphic Entombment from Poland, uh, released on Morbid Chapel Records. So go check that out, man. Cool stuff. Um, uh, Sadis, I I apologize, all right? Me too, yeah. I might have to buy that on CD and put it in my new CD shelf. I was going to buy it on CD as well. Um, I'll buy my buy too for Tom. This guy. We need need this. this uh, It's important. Yeah. And um, I'm happy that I was I, I was gifted it through the internet. Yeah, honestly, uh, what a, what a cool fucking band. Yeah, and uh, another band that was that uh, that gifted themselves Mayhem's logo through the internet. Uh, e- yeah. ESP Mayhem. Yeah, amazing, they, yeah. interesting music. I wouldn't say they didn't, but what I would say is that they they do rock. I don't like that they did that with the logo. <laughs> I don't know about all that. I'm typing. I'm typing. I don't know where they get off doing that. Can you believe that they did this? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go to the I'm gonna go to the message board tonight, and I'm gonna talk about their logo. I'm gonna buy their record and return it. Okay. So here we are in Australia, listening to a band that's not in Australia. We can use whatever we want on the internet. Let me let me echo a sentiment from uh, the beginning of the podcast too. Australian listeners out there, listen. Heavyholepodcast.com. You can find our email address: heavyholepodcast at gmail.com. Attention, Justin. I'll send you my address, all my personal information, all my numbers, the important ones. Send me kangaroo meat. I need it. Kangaroo jerky, uh, frozen, fresh kangaroo meat. We'll we'll take if there's a kangaroo fish. If that's a species of fish, I, I don't know. We'll we'll take it all here in the heavy old podcast. But if you don't have any of that stuff available, uh, we'll take your money. Um, preferably voluntarily, uh, but if you don't want to give it up, we might have to work yeah, something out. Take, but you can go to heavyholepodcast.com and check out uh, all the links, particularly the one to our Patreon account, Heavy Hole Podcast. We have several tiers. 
Um, the only one that really matters is the big fish. The top. Well, yeah. With the big fish, you get them all. Yeah, they the, all matter, but you're right. Yeah, the, the, big, big, fish the is, big fish, you pay a little more, you get a little more. We got bonuses that only you get, videos that only you see on time. Uh, it's wild. We just did. By the time this episode's out, we can say we just did this Halloween thing. It was wild. Bonus episodes all around for the whole crew. Um, uh, but you know, if, if you're not feeling like a big spender, uh, obviously we have some smaller tiers. You still get bonus stuff. You could still uh, once or twice a month we'll let you know who's coming on the show, and and you can ask some questions for them. Mm-hmm. All that sort of tough mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, you can also follow us on your regular Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. All those links are there at heavyholepodcast.com. It's free. Free apps. Yeah, working on merch. Might at get some cost, more merch though? up soon. We'll see yeah. what happens. Um, uh, and, and all that fly stuff. So uh, thank you very much, though, to Chris Penrod, uh, a.k.a. Chicken Soup Guy uh, from Maryland Death Fest and other illustrious metal events that he's attended wearing the suit. We appreciate his insight. So happy he was on here. This is uh, I'm so happy he was into seafood and fish. Uh, I mean, death metal we could talk about with anybody. It's, you know, only how many guests do we get that could tell you tips on filleting fish and how buying, many, buying How many strap bass am I going to get this year? One. One.